What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, September 12th. The FDA has approved new COVID boosters for everybody in America over the age of six months. Author of Case Unknown, Edward Dowd, joins me on the podcast to discuss. Plus, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris absolutely disgraced themselves on the anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. And the governor of New Mexico has thrown the Constitution in the toilet, and she should be thrown right out of office. I'm Alec Lace. This is the Alec Lay Show. The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to The Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. If you're watching the broadcast live here on Rumble, please get down there, hit the share button. Let's make it as fun as possible. Get as many people into the live broadcast as possible. Hit up the live chat. Let's have some discussions flowing back and forth. If you're listening on one of the podcast apps, Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be, hit me with a a follow or hit me with a review, a rating, whatever you could do to help boost the show. I can't say thank you enough to all you guys out there. The response has been incredible. Let's keep up the momentum. And I know for so many of us, yesterday was such a, a tragic day to remember. And so many lives were affected, not just on September 11th itself, but in the years that followed 9-11. So many people died as a result you know, of being down there in the rubble digging for survivors. So many people died of suicide, alcohol, drug abuse, because they couldn't handle the pain of what they witnessed on that day. So many of our military men and women joined because of 9-11 and ended up being killed in action going after these terrorist bastards who attacked us on our soil 22 years ago yesterday. So, so many lives and and my prayers go out to all the families that really have been affected by this and continue to suffer to this very day uh, from those events that that occurred. And it just touched so many lives. And, you know, just shortly, a couple of weeks back, and you guys that have been following the podcast here are aware, I, I had the honor of being with the Navy SEALs and many other first responders and other military combat veterans. And we swam across the Hudson River. I'll play some clips on the side while I'm discussing. Uh, for those of you who are watching here, you guys that are listening, get over to the Rumble channel, check out the video. Uh, it was just, just an honor to be among these guys. So many of them, like I said, so many of these Navy SEALs, they signed up as a result, as a response to the attacks on September 11th. And, and just to be there and to take part in it, to jump into the Hudson River, swim right next to the Statue of Liberty. And then when you're looking up and straight ahead, you're seeing that Freedom Tower that stands at 1,776 feet in the air. Uh, it, it really is an amazing, an, an amazing day. And just it was such a patriotic day. Uh, it was some great coverage. You know, Pete Hegseth and, and Will Kane did the swim with us uh, from Fox News. They covered it very well. And just a, just a reminder, we started it in Jersey City at the Empty Sky Memorial. Uh, then we did a flag run over to Liberty State Park, jumped in, swam to the Statue of Liberty, swam to Ellis Island, and then swam to New York, all in memory, uh, all in honor and memory of those that died on 9-11, September 11th. So it was uh, a very patriotic day. And again, just a, a, a such a... It's just unbelievable that it was 22 years ago. I was 20 years old at the time. Now I'm 42. So I've been alive uh, longer without the Twin Towers being here than I was alive with the Twin Towers. And they were such a big part of my life growing up. And so, again, uh, uh, such a, uh, a sad day of remembrance. And what does uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris do on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11? Well, they absolutely disgraced themselves. Joe Biden became the first president in history to not be present at one of the attack sites on the anniversary of 9-11. So he's going to have the honor of having that bestowed upon him. And, and the response that the White House gave to Peter Ducey when he asked, Peter Ducey, the White House correspondent, who I just recently interviewed on First Class Fatherhood, he asked the Biden administration, the White House, you know, why is the president not going to be at New in New York? Why isn't he going to be, you know, by the Pentagon? Why isn't he going to be uh, in Pennsylvania? And the response they gave was, 
Well, 22 years after Pearl Harbor, presidents still weren't going to visit Hawaii. Could you imagine saying something like this and this is your defense for not going there? Now, obviously, number one, this is a, our history. This is us. You know, we, we compare 9-11 to Pearl Harbor because that's the only thing we have to compare it to. Because this was the first time we were ever attacked on the U.S. mainland soil. The only time this ever happened where we were attacked like this. And what makes it different from Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor being a military that was attacked, this was a civilian building that was attacked. But regardless, it's still both of them are very uh, uh, tied together as being, uh, you know, a days of infamy in this country. But 9-11, all you had to do was be in Washington, D.C. and then go over to the Pentagon. It's not like you have to travel to Hawaii, which is a a 15-hour flight. you got to make all kinds of connections. Number one, it took you 15 days to get to Hawaii after they had a national disaster there anyway. But it's not like you have to make all these special arrangements. All you got to do is stay in Washington. That's it. And you could have easily made the arrangements in your calendar, in your schedule to make sure. No, no, no. 9-11, we're going to be there. Because it's important to this nation's history, and I'm the commander-in-chief, so I'm going to be there. No, that doesn't matter to Biden. So he wasn't there. And it's a disrespect to those who died on 9-11 that the commander-in-chief didn't take the time out of his busy schedule to show up in remembrance of all those that were lost. Shame on him for that. Now, that's not the only blunder. All right? So, also, what we find out yesterday on the day of the anniversary of this tragedy is that the Biden administration approved a deal with Iran to swap prisoners and to unfreeze $6 billion in funds that goes to Iran. So, now, of course, the people on the left are trying to come to his defense on this about getting these prisoners back. Not only does he do the prison swap, He's unfreezing $6 billion to a terrorist country of Iran. And now they say in the report, oh, this is going to be used for humanitarian goods, the $6 billion. What what side of the bed did you wake up on here? This money is going to be used to build bombs, missiles, weapons. This money isn't going to be used for no humanitarian anything. Not by Iran. Who? What are you, like a, a, a big sucker? Oh, yeah. The Iran's going to use this for humanitarian. That's the only reason why we want you to unfreeze the $6 billion. So we do a prisoner swap and give Iran $6 billion on the 22nd anniversary of the biggest terror attack ever in this nation's history. That's Joe Biden and his administration doing. Now, this deal, Secretary Blinken signed off on the deal late last week, but Congress was not notified about it until yesterday. I'll tell you who would have made a better deal. President Donald Trump. Donald Trump would have made a far better deal. And I'll tell you what, he would have told them, no, 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 you don't get the $6 billion. We keep the $6 billion. That's the way this is going to. You don't like it? Tough. We get the $6 billion. We'll do the prisoner swap. We get the $6 billion. And, and, and you know what? Maybe send the $6 billion to Hawaii, to those people that suffered in Lahaina, the people that were, that were set up down there. The government completely failed those people. Why not send the money there instead of letting Iran have it? Oh, it was their money, so we unfroze it because of the sanctions. I don't care. We're taking it. You don't like it? Tough. Take a walk. Joe Biden would have got his hands on the $6 billion. You know damn well he would have gave it right to Ukraine. He should have just said, oh, forward that money up to Ukraine and we'll, uh, and we'll give you back everybody that we got in custody. Such, such a disgrace. And if that's not enough for Joe Biden to disgrace himself on 9-11, here he is in Alaska giving his, delivering his remarks. And he tells everybody that he remembers what it was like on the ground the day after 9-11. I remember being at ground zero. The only problem is he wasn't there. Here's a video of Joe Biden lying through his teeth again. When evil attacked, Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. This is Joe Biden doing what Joe Biden does. He lies. Here's video footage of him on September 12th. And for those of you who aren't watching, He's not in New York. He's in Washington. Look at the timestamp. He was nowhere near the World Trade Center the day after 9-11. You know who was? Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump was down there. Donald Trump was providing people to go down there and help from his company. Hundreds of people that he had working for him were sent down there to help. Donald Trump was down there at the site. Not Joe Biden. But here he is trying to tell, oh, I remember being there looking. Who are you kidding? Nobody, nobody buys that. So an, an absolute embarrassment from the president of the United States on what is, you know, the, the most horrific day that any of us have ever lived through in this country. And, you know, it was the, the only time we've ever seen this country shut down until COVID happened. And we're going to talk COVID in just a minute. I'm going to have Edward Dowd join me on the podcast here to talk all about that. But before, you know, that wasn't all for the Biden administration as far as embarrassing themselves. Kamala Harris gave remarks where she compares 9-11 to January 6th. Take a listen. Not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. January 6th does not belong in the same sentence as Pearl Harbor. It does not belong in the same sentence as September 11th. This is an absolute slap in the face to all those who died on 9-11 to compare it to January 6th. You had people jumping out of a 100-story building because it was their best option. And you're comparing that to grandmas and grandpas taking selfies, walking through the velvet ropes in the Capitol? That's what you're comparing this to? Shame on you, Kamala Harris, for doing that. They're doing that all for the politics, all for the theater of how bad January 6th is because they don't want you questioning their elections when they steal them from you the next time because you'll pay the price. January 6th. I would take a January 6th once a year for the rest of my life if it meant we would never have to experience another 9-11. You cannot compare these two. And that's no, uh, no, no knock on Ashley Babbitt, who was the only one that was murdered on January 6th. God bless her and her family. But to compare that uh, to, to 9-11, assault on democracy, I'll tell you what. If you tried to get into the Capitol building on September 11th, 2001, you would have been shot on sight. If you tried to walk into that Capitol building while his attacks were going on, September 11th, while it was going on, you'd have been shot on sight. On January 6th, they let you walk right into the building. They didn't stop nobody. They didn't call for no emergency. This was, oh my God, this is an, they're going to overthrow our democracy. So they didn't call in anybody. They just let everybody come in and take selfies and walk around the place. Some of them got a police escort, like that nut job with the, the Viking hat on. They just escorted that guy all over the place. Police did. And they're comparing it to 9-11. It's an insult. This administration is just a disaster. And it's an insult to the American people. It's an insult to those that really suffered and died on September 11th. But that's the whole point, is to make you think that January 6th was that bad. That's the messaging, that January 6th was that bad. They were going to overthrow the democracy. Nobody's buying that. You're comparing, you're comparing the greatest terrorist attack this nation's ever seen to a, a, a protest that got, you know, encouraged to turn into a riot. That's what you're comparing it to. And it's a, and it's a, and it's a slap in the face to those who lost loved ones on 9-11. So shame on the Biden administration. They, they always seem to outdo themselves. And we cannot get rid of them fast enough. All right, so a program update here. Thursday on the Alec Lay Show, before I bring Edward Dowd in here, I got him in the Zoom room. Uh, Thursday on the podcast here, live, I am scheduled to have Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna join me on the podcast here on the Alec Lay Show. So you're not going to want to miss out on that one. Uh, The Congresswoman is scheduled to join me here for Thursday's broadcast. I don't want you to miss out on that. So make sure you bring it right back here. Follow me on Twitter or X at Alec Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. And I did mention to you guys last when I spoke to you on Thursday that Fox News was bringing me in. They had me come into the bottom line with uh, Sean Duffy and Dagan McDowell. They wanted they I commented on three stories. So I'm going to give you the highlights of that just to give you the setup of this clip. The three stories were Nancy Pelosi at 83 running for re-election, the climate change nut who glued himself to the concrete during the U.S. Open, 
and Kamala Harris saying that Republicans are afraid of the Biden administration because of all their great accomplishments. So here's a quick rundown of my take on those three topics on the bottom line on Fox Business easy to pick apart Nancy Pelosi's personality. She's scary to look at, but it's her policies that are really scary. It's the policies of her and the Democrats that turn San Francisco into this zombie apocalypse. We don't want to see that all over America. And by the way, that doesn't happen by mistake. That happens by design. They are doing this intentionally. She's America last. She puts Americans last, and we can't have more of that in this country. Some tennis rackets and balls could be 100 mile an hour popped up there and like in the head. You know, it's ironic, Sean. It is the last one of these lunatics that glued themselves to the pavement and had to be blasted out by a fossil fuel powered jackhammer. All right. These guys have drank that Kool-Aid. They've gone well over the top. And what is this climate change leading to? Bigger government, bigger regulations, bigger taxes and less American families. They say, oh, reduce your carbon footprint. Don't have more kids. I say start that family, leave a legacy. We're afraid of the merit of our work. Yeah. Well, let's not forget that the Wizard of Word salad, Kamala Harris, is the border czar. And her down at the border, it's been a disaster. Not only are we getting invaded from the border, but the CCP in Mexico are murdering American citizens with the fentanyl that's pouring into this country. So she may think of make this a joke like we're scared of her. We are scared of this administration getting another four years, and we can't let that happen. We can't let that happen is right. We cannot get rid of the Biden administration uh, any faster than 2024. We wish we could just punt them right now. Uh, and I'm going to talk about, after I do the interview with Edward Dowd, the last story I'm going to hit on at the end of the broadcast is going to be this New Mexico governor who just threw our Constitution in the toilet. So we're going to get to that as well. So I'm going to hit you guys with a quick spot right now. I'm going to be back on the other side with the best-selling author of Case Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Death in 2021 and 2022, Edward Dowd, who's going to join me right here on The Alec Lay Show. Keep it locked in. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. Hey everybody, Alec Lace's book, First Class Fatherhood, is out. I'm in it. I was blessed to be on his show twice, and he's had a lot of big names on there. All fathers talking about their children, their family experiences, their fatherhood experiences. I talk about our daughter in there. And uh, look, he, Alec is a first-class guy running a first-class show, and, and again, a first-class book. Pick it up, guys. Look for me in there. Read it. You'll be glad you did. A lot of good lessons learned in there. Hey, what's up, guys? Shout out to my friend Alec Lace. Number one bestseller, First Class Fatherhood, guys. Amazing people in this book, like teammates Craig Sawyer, David Rutherford, uh, Don Rosso. You got Medal of Honor recipients like Dakota Meyer. You got uh, Bob Carey. You got the world survivor himself, Marcus Luttrell. And then you got some incredible business leaders like Bedros Koulian. NFL players like NFL champion punter Steve Weatherford, all in this book. You should check it out. First Class Fatherhood, advice and wisdom from high-profile dads, is now available on Amazon. You're listening to The Alec Lay Show. The future is family. Welcome back, guys. The FDA has approved of new COVID boosters, and the CDC is recommending these shots for everybody in America over the age of six months. These have been approved uh, for Moderna and Pfizer. Surprise, surprise. Here we go again. More just the same. We know that the, uh, the CDC has ordered millions of dollars worth of vaccines, pediatric vaccines. So parents, I know how you feel out there. You want to do what's right for your kid. You don't want to endanger them. Is it better to vaccinate them? Better to let them get COVID or expose them to it? What is the right thing to do? So we're going to break all this down with Edward Dowd. He's going to join me in just a second here. But, you know, we're seeing all these sudden deaths that are happening right in front of us on live TV. Many of them we're seeing, even if they're not deaths, we're seeing people just drop and fall all over the place, especially the young athletes in this country. And we're being told that that's normal. That's something that always occurred. So is that right? Did that always occur? What is better for you to do? Uh, take the shot or ride it out and get the COVID? I don't know, but I know as parents, you're concerned and you have questions. The author, best-selling author of Case Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, Edward Dowd in the Zoom room. And he joins me now on the Alec Lay Show. Let's bring him in. Uh, joining me now, the author of Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Death in 2021 and 2022, Edward Dowd. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Hey, thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it, Alec. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And, you know, for a lot of parents around the country, we've sent our kids back to school now. And it's school season, and that also coincidentally happens to be uh, election season and now COVID season that always seems to coincide with this. And for a lot of parents in this country, 
they have high concerns as we see the commercials coming up again to get their kids vaccinated. They're being told to update their booster shots. Parents that haven't done it, get your kids vaccinated. Parents are so on the fence about the pressure and fear of what the right thing is to do for their child. What's your take on that? What, what is your message to parents on the fence? Well, the, the, the data's in on the COVID-19 vaccines. They were colossal failures and the safety issues are insane. Uh, there are new novel technologies that never have been tested on humans until this experiment that's been foistered on the whole population. Uh, the recommendation from the doctors I talk to that are in the know is do not take any mRNA products, period, ever. The technology is a disaster and it's statistically uh, you know, killing excessively people of younger ages, disabling people and injuring people in the form of uh, disrupted immune systems. So they're chronically sick. So under no circumstances should you take an mRNA vaccine of any kind ever. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm not vaccinated. My wife, our kids, we, we didn't believe in it. We didn't know, you know, that that's it, it becomes like everything else. It's become a political issue. So it's like if you're if you're unvaccinated, you're a Republican conservative side. If you are vaccinated, you're a liberal Democrat side. So everything has become really politicized here. But, you know, the data better than anybody else here. What's more dangerous for kids getting covid or getting vaccinated? Uh, getting uh vaccinated is significantly worse than getting COVID. COVID does not kill young children. It doesn't. We knew early on in 2020, this thing affected mostly old folks with comorbidities. And I would say a lot of the deaths in 2020 were uh, um, incorrect procedures, intubation. It was not a respiratory virus. It's a, it's a blood clotting infl inflammatory virus. So they had the wrong protocols. They put people on remdesivir. So the death toll was, was high. This thing is not that bad. It's now a head cold and your kids are going to be fine. The vaccine is just infinitely worse. And the, the, the signals we're seeing, you know, people, we talk in terms of standard deviations in, in, in finance and three sigma, three standard deviations is rare. The odds of you getting hit by lightning on any given day are 5.8 standard deviations. So we're seeing signals of safety issues well above five. So don't take this thing. You, 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 yeah. you know, you, 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 you can get hit by lightning uh, uh, or take the vaccine. Uh, the vaccine is more is, is, is you're more sure of getting hit by lightning if you take the vaccine is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. And we're, we're seeing the excess mortality rate, specifically in the UK, has gone true to ceiling here. And a lot of people now on the left will say, oh, that's people that are dying from COVID. And that's the reason why we see the excess mortality rate. And we're, we're saying uh, on this side, well, it's just a happenstance that the vaccine has come in and now we're seeing this excess mortality rate. So how can we I know the excess mortality rate has been elevated. How do we know it's from the vaccine and not from COVID? Well, we, we don't know 100%, but I'm, a, I'm an investor. I, I, I'm convicted 200% because I see all the, the smoking guns everywhere. But in the UK particularly, they delayed vaccination of children ages 1 through 14 until the fall of 2021. Their excess death was actually down in 2020, below the normal rate, and down in uh, 21. Started rising at the end of 21 into 22, and now it's at a new time high, 22% in 23 why did it go down in 20 and 21? Because of lockdowns and school closures, because the largest single cause of death in ages one through 14 is accidental, accidental. So there was less activity, so there was less excess deaths. And mysteriously, with the in introduction of the vaccine in this age cohort in the fall, boom, excess deaths. So this is, this is a disaster. This is, this is just, uh, you know, that, there's smoking guns everywhere. The employed of this country, I've proven have had worse, worse health outcomes than the unemployed and the general population. Never occurred in the history of the U.S. So in 21 and 22, people who were employed died greater in greater numbers than those who were uh, just the general U.S. population, retired, young, old, unemployed, and their disabilities were way higher as well. So what, what changed in 21? Mandates and vaccines. If it's not that, then what kind of crazy virus goes after the employed? You know, it, it's it, it sucks, to be honest with you, that we're having these conversations again. And I, I didn't want to have these conversations anymore, but it's like we're forced to being uh, having them again. I know President Biden was saying it's the uh, last year or two years ago was it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And so everybody sees 
the players on the left telling you to take the vaccine. Like I did interviews with Dr. Latipo, interviews with Dr. Malone, interviews with Dr. McCullough. Every one of those interviews was pulled down off YouTube, uh, clips pulled off TikTok, clips pulled off uh, uh, Facebook. So you don't get access to see these other opinions. They shut them down right away. And we know that Biden's not running the show. Just the other day, he admits, oh, I'm just following orders here. Uh, and, and Fauci seems to be at the head of this. But I would imagine there's got to be somebody ahead of Fauci. So who is it, in your opinion, that's making this huge push to get everybody vaccinated and causing all these deaths that we're seeing that are died suddenly all over the world? I don't know. But what is interesting, again, I'm not in the room, but what's interesting, this push isn't just in the U.S. I'm hearing it's global. It's a it's a it's another push globally, another coordinated message that there's some new variant we need to be scared of and we need to push the vaccines. I suspect the global governments all went on on this together and now they're in cover up mode and they're pretending that everything's hunky dory and they have to go deeper and push it again. This is what I saw with Enron and other financial frauds when I was on Wall Street. Enron didn't admit they were a fraud until they were in handcuffs. There were, there were, there were smart investors who rode the stock all the way down to zero because they, were, they had access to the CEO who lied to them all the way to zero and then ended up in jail. So this is what psychopaths do. And you know this, this, is, this is tragic. This is a disaster and it needs to end. We need some adults in the room to stand up. Well, you're one of those guys. I know another one is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He wrote the foreword for your book, and I know he's a big advocate. I know he's been smeared all over the place as a vaccine denier, and that's what happens. You're, you become anti-science, anti-vax. They try to label you as an extremist when you're trying to just have the talking point. Now, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., is, is he swaying? Because it seems to, like I said, it seems to be mostly people on the left that are just all in on the vaccine is somebody like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Is he persuading people on the left to open up their eyes and say, well, wait a second here. Something may not be right about what they're telling us about the vaccine. Is he making progress with that? Yeah. And, and, you know, look, there were a lot of people on the left who were hesitant as well. It's mostly a cult. COVID became a cult. And there are some people on the right. I I met people here in, in Maui who were died in the world Trump supporters. And when Trump said, take it, they took it. And they're still, because Trump hasn't backed off from it, they're still uh, in the cult. So it's mostly in the media identified as a left-right thing. But I see it, you know, it's it's more, you're afraid of a little virus and you're uh, trusting your doctor and you don't want to admit you made a mistake. And this is the biggest mistake of everyone's lives. And the good news is, most people are going to be unaffected, but there does seem to be a large percentage of the population. We've identified up to 30 percent that seem to be either injured, disabled or have unfortunately passed away. And they need to figure out a way to detoxify this stuff. And that's the tragedy here. Um, the good news is not everybody has a ticking time bomb, but a lot of people do. And the interesting thing, too, Ed, is that, you know, two years ago when somebody was dying, it was automatically labeled COVID no matter what the death was. It was labeled COVID. And everybody asked, well, was was he vaccinated or was she vaccinated? And now when these people are dropping dead suddenly, we the first thing you say is, well, were they vaccinated? It's reversed now. They say, oh, you have no right to ask that question. You know, you're being insensitive. And so they try to shut you down now on this. But when we see so many of these high profile people dropping dead, some of them that drop pass out right on live TV right before our eyes, they're trying to tell us like, oh, this sort of stuff always happened. It was always an occurrence. We see it with like LeBron James's son. We saw it with that DeMar Hamlin guy. We've seen Jamie Foxx. We see all these people, uh, you know, that are just dropping, some not dying, but some just dropping on live TV, a lot of the TV announcers, and they're trying to tell you not to believe your own eyes. And this is something that's always happened. What is the data on the amount of people that are dying suddenly now as opposed to before the shots came out? Let's talk about sudden athletic deaths. So there was a study done in 2006 called the Lusane Switzerland study. And it basically tried to get a, a handle on how many of these sudden athletic deaths occurred. And this is, again, 2006, well before COVID. They looked at 38 years of data and they examined deaths under the age 35 on the field or on the way to the hospital after the incident. And they found 1,101 such cases. That's 29 a year. Okay, so it did happen. That's correct. But the frequency with which it's happening now is off the charts. In my book alone, there's hundreds and hundreds of examples of this. We'd be lucky to have a month with just 29 uh, sudden athletic deaths globally. Now we have months that exceed 100. So what's changed is, did it happen before? Sure. It was super rare. Now it's, it's, it's the frequency is 10, 20 fold what it used to be. So they're trying to normalize it. It's nonsense. And to your point about 
uh, how dare you ask the vaccination status? They can kiss my ass because it was two years ago they were asking for my papers to go to a restaurant. And so they can they can all these people that say this can kiss my ass. And I think that's how we all feel. And we all feel like, you know, I, I'm one of those guys. Like, I, I drove a lot of Uber during the pandemic. And people would constantly ask me to put a mask on. And I would tell them I'm not doing it. I'm not putting a mask on in my own car. And we were, like, just persecuted for two years. Like, And nobody is apologizing to us. No one's saying, oh, sorry. No, I still feel like so many people, like myself included, are just pissed off that people had felt like they had the right to invade my privacy, call me an anti-vaxxer, call me all kinds of names. And now they don't say anything about it anymore. And it's almost as if like that wasn't who they were. What a psychological experiment it was during 2021 and 2022, where normal people you knew in your family, people you love, all of a sudden became like these lunatics in this cult that were wouldn't talk to you anymore. Relationships ended because of this. Marriages broke up. Like we, we're still seeing the effects of this stuff. And there's never been an apology. Right. And we're going to see the aftermath of this for years to come in terms of uh, disabilities, injuries and deaths. It doesn't seem to be moderating. Unfortunately, I'm here to report the trends seem to be accelerating again. So whatever's going on, there seems to be a medium term effect. So people need to come to the realization that they made a bad decision and then figure out a solution to it. Some sort of detox protocol. And, you know, I don't think people really understood how close we came to uh uh, quarantine camps and forced vaccinations. In, in the fall and winter of 2021, it was dark. People, all sorts of pundits were saying on t national television, they need to round up, the military needs to round us up and put us in camps. The only reason that didn't happen is because thankfully the Omicron variant came into the population and everybody that got vaccinated realized that they got, they got, they were getting COVID, but now the Omicron spread so fast, everybody that was vaccinated got COVID. And then people were like, oh, I'm not getting these anymore. So th that saved us because we were going that way. And people should never forget where we were headed. Yeah, and never forget people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, screw your freedom. Like we heard all these celebrity types that was just vicious. Like, and like I said, for President Biden, it's a, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They were blaming the unvaccinated people. Why we? couldn't get out of it yet. Like you just said, people that were vaccinated were getting COVID. Guys at my job, I never got it, but people at my job that were, I worked for the railroad, they, they were vaccinated, boosted, and they were continued to get COVID. And it was like, don't you see what's going on here? Like you're vaccinated. I'm not, you're continuing to get this thing. Don't you think something is wrong? And it felt like you were just talking to a wall and the things that they were making you do during this time, walk into a restaurant with a mask, then sit at the table and take it off. And you're looking around like, what are we doing here? Like, what, what, you, everybody kind of felt like on the, on the on this side of it, felt like they were in a twilight zone and couldn't understand why people wouldn't wake the hell up. I know. I remember the, the restaurant thing cracked me up because the virus mysteriously only uh, went at a six foot height when you were standing on your way to the bathroom and you had to wear your mask. But when you were sitting down, you were safe. I mean, it made no sense. None of this made any sense. And what really disappointed me were, were all the, my supposed uh, you know, anti-establishment uh, rock stars that started to push the vaccine, like rage against the machine. I call them rage with the establishment. I mean, it's a joke. All these these people that we used to think were heroes, they they all they all push this thing. It, it, it was insanity. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine was one F you, I'm not going to do what you tell me. And then they became out, tell me, tell me what to do. Like they all of a sudden they went from anti government to pro government. But we do, we now we just seen in June the CDC purchased or, or ordered $20 million worth of pediatric vaccines. And this is why I say, going back to the parents who are putting their kids in school, they're being told, you know, you got to get your kid vaccinated. And it's, and, and parents want to do what's right for your kids. And it's, and so they're afraid of, they, they've got them in a pickle really here. Ed. They don't they don't know whether or not they, they especially the Democrat parents who are like, I want to protect my child, but I but I don't want I want I want a virtue signal as well and say I'm doing the right thing and you're not. So it's dangerous that so many kids right now between now and the winter are going to parents are going to be vaccinating their kids. And we're going to see this really skyrocket in the problem. What is the effect on the children as far as this excess mortality rate? Are we seeing children dying from these vaccines like we're seeing the adults? Is it affecting them or are they just getting the myocarditis and then are they living or are they dying from it? The good news is the deaths on a absolute basis are small, but statistically they're off the charts. So they're dying and it's not so much the dying, it's going to be the health effects when they grow up. And that's the problem. I mean, this is that you're, you're, you're putting, if you continue to get your child vaccinated and boosted every year with these mRNA shots, you're ensuring ill health for your child as they grow up. That's what you're doing. 
Yeah, well, I encourage them all to read Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Death in 2021 and 2022. The link to the book is down there in the description below. Uh, and I just wanted to ask you, too, now, you, are you still in Maui right now? Yeah. What is the latest there? Is there any kind of, I know this has been, a, you know, I did an interview with Nick Sorter, who was on the ground there shortly after this had happened. Uh, this seems like a complete collapse of our government uh, accountability out there in Maui. What's the latest? Any the latest on the death toll out there? What's going on? No, the death toll still is mysterious. It's going to be above a thousand. The governor actually said there's over a thousand missing and a lot of children. So the governor kind of put a number on it. That's what I was hearing before any official said anything. So it's going to be big. Um, Nick Nick has done a great job. He's he's out in Lahaina doing the reporting. I'm you know not doing that kind of reporting because that's not my fight. I'm doing the vaccine thing. So there are other people doing that, taking up the mantle. Um, and and he and he's correct. I mean, it was a it was an, uh, a failure of local government. Um, you know, the first responders did what they what they could do. I'm hearing heroic stories of what happened on the ground. But, you know, the order, the orders and the failure to sound alarms and shut off the power. These are bigger decisions. So the, the first responders did what they could. But, you know, they they they, they had you know their hands tied, tied behind their back without water. You know, if you're a firefighter and you don't have water, uh, well, you know, that's a problem. Yeah, and it seems like the things that we keep hearing is that, number one, they had no water. Uh, number two, they closed the roads off. And number three, the, the emergency signal never went off. Those three things seem to be very, very uh, suspicious. And then when you bring them up, you, they tell you you're a conspiracy theorist. But those three things, well, what is the sentiment on the ground there in, in Maui from the people? Uh, are they, uh, you know, are they still asking the questions? Are they kind of moving on yeah. or are they, are they pressing them on it? Well, you know, so a lot of the... Um people on the ground here, especially live in Lahaina, because the, the government handled this so poorly, they're believing it was now a purposeful, uh, you know, attack. I, you know, I don't have any opinion on that. But when the government starts hiding information, conspiracy theories start flying. But what I do know is they're going to, you know, look, we know there's something called disaster capitalism. It happens that, you know, there's books written on it. Will they try to steal the land? Sure. I, I believe they will. Was it a plan? I don't know. But going forward, you can bet your dollar that uh, they're going to try. And the, the Hawaiians are pissed and they're going to make sure that their land's not stolen. I have faith in them that they're going to they're going to rally together and they're going to they're going to prevent that. Yeah, well said. And, and one last thing on the, the Lahaina, people of Lahaina, what is their kind of feeling or take on? I know we've seen the Oprah Winfrey and the uh, Rock Johnson, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, come up with this donation fund asking people to donate uh, money. That, that's become kind of like controversial or whether or not these this is all legit. How do they feel? Do they feel like, like Oprah and The Rock are helping them or do they feel like they're just kind of uh, taking uh, advantage of this opportunity? Well, I've talked to a lot of people. People, people want... Uh, people like us have been putting out lists of direct donations to people with Venmo accounts who've lost or PayPal accounts that have lost stuff. You, do, you donate directly to them. This middleman stuff, we know Red Cross, FEMA, that's all 80% going to go into some budget and hotel rooms and dinners for these people. Um, what Rock and Oprah are doing seems ridiculous on its face. Oprah's got a couple billion dollars. Just give money directly. You don't need to raise money from the middle class and then direct it. That seems, I don't know why she's doing that. She got some bad advice uh, from somebody on, on that because the optics are horrible and the Hawaiian people see through it. Yeah, and it always seems that way with the charities and the donations. Like I, I know from working in uh, Hoboken in New Jersey, we you know there's homeless all over the place. Would be right in the train depot, and then you have this organization taking donations for the homeless. And it would be like, well, why am I going to give you a dollar when you know fifty cents of it has to go to advertising, ten cents goes to your lunch, and uh, ten cents goes to the accountant? When if I go give that guy right on the floor a dollar, he gets the whole thing, you know? So it it doesn't make any sense. And I think a lot of people are, are nervous that they're and the, the problem is you have so many kind-hearted Americans that. Want want to do what they can so they're looking to help and they're going to give money and you'd love to see it go directly to the people impacted we're seeing that they got 700 uh, or whatever it was 750 dollars per household uh out there in lahaina so it just seems like so many people want to help what is the where where is the they can go where can the american people go that want to help the people where are these venmo accounts set up is there a website they can go to uh i i put it out on twitter uh it's it's in my feed Go back to the dates and you can you can, and it's a it's a Google Doc that's being run by some people in Hawaii and they update the list constantly and they take off anybody who's trying to scam. So that's good. Um, 
you know, that that's what I've been trying to do. I, you know, I did uh, some direct aid with some friends. I had a friend who organized all these helicopter uh, um, uh, lifts from Oahu initially. And then we uh, I was just a worker bee. My friend had a moving truck and we got some uh, generators, baby formula, food over there, water. Um, you know, that's Saturday after the fires. The good news is uh, supplies are there now. It's not a humanitarian crisis. But these people need to recover and they, they need the money directly. Don't don't give to, you know, some some outfit that's going to take 80 percent of the money. I mean, this is what happened in Haiti during the earthquakes. There was all these funds set up. The Clintons have been investigated for their funds. I mean, uh, you know, where, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars went to their charity. And then, uh, you know, they built six homes is what's been reported or some nonsense. Yeah, we, we, we know all about that. Uh, all right. So just the last thing here, throwing it back to the COVID, I want to ask you to put your, uh, you know, look into the future here, put your cap on. What's your best guess going forward here? Are we going to see mandates coming back to the United States? Are they going to be forcing these vaccines, forcing masks? What's your take? What are you looking to see? What is your opinion on what's going to happen here from now throughout the winter this COVID season? They're going to try. It's not going to work. People are, are hip to this. Uh, a couple of mask mandates came back. They floated the idea in, uh, at Pfizer Permanente. And then uh, the employees revolted. So the mass mandate was dropped. Atlanta College tried it and then people revolted. So the good news is don't comply. If you comply, we're all back in it again. N a massive noncompliance. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I think people there's enough of us that are I think there's about 20 to 30 percent of the country that's hip to this. You only need five percent noncompliance in the whole uh, enforcement mechanism breaks down because they don't you know, on Maui, they had an outdoor mask rule. It wasn't enforced because the cops couldn't be bothered. And that's, you know, cops don't want to be masked police. And, and, and if, 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 if enough of us don't do it, they can't enforce it. That's how it works. There's just not enough people to enforce it if enough of us say no. Yeah. And, and what's your what's your what's the best argument? Some of these people, like if you're at the bus stop, the person's got the mask on the whole bit. They're far gone. It seems like there's no help to bring them back. It seems like they're just institutionalized and they're never going to come out of this uh, this theory. What's the best argument for somebody that's in the family? You're having a family discussion here with the, uh, a vaccine nut that's like, oh, I got vaxxed, triple boosted. I wear the mask. Uh, you have to take a test to come into the house. What's the best argument to try to persuade them or convince them uh, that they've been they've been bamboozled? That's the, those are the toughest people at this point. Uh, those people are in a cult and cult cults are hard to break the programming. And that those are the but but, you know, what you can do is try to just convince them that, hey, I don't get COVID, but you keep getting it. Maybe you should start to like think about that. And you have to just kind of lead them gently to the to the to the you know, lead the horse to water. Can't make a drink, but you can you can you can try. My book has been helpful for a lot of people to convince loved ones because I come at it from the, Hey, I'm not in, into the who or the why I'm just, it just is. And if you don't think it's a vaccine, then what is it? And that helps wake some people up. Yeah. Uh, well said cause unknown, the epidemic of sudden death in 2021 and 2022 link to the book is down there as well as the link to your Twitter uh, account. Edward Dowd, this has been an honor for me. I got to say, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on the Alec Way show. Thanks Alec. Have a great one. All right. Uh, special thank you there. Honored to have Edward Dow join me on the podcast. Highly recommend his book. Link is in the description down there. He really does a great job of breaking down the statistics uh, of what's going on, especially as far as the excess mortality rates. The numbers aren't lying. You just have to be able to find them. And they're being kept from you because the CDC, the, uh, the, the FDA, all of these globalist organizations are all working together here to put this shot in your arm. It doesn't work. It doesn't stop COVID. won't stop you from giving it to somebody else. It's just been a joke at this point. So do not get the shot. That's my best advice to you. And definitely don't give it to your kids. Um, and so here's, here we go. Here's another one of these situations where the, the powerful almighty state has taken control of your life. And that's in New Mexico with this governor, Michelle Grisham, who has really just taken the, the constitution, wiped her ass with it and thrown it in the toilet bowl because she has suspended the right to keep and bear arms. She was suspended the second amendment. This woman is dangerous. Uh, even the sheriff in 
uh, yeah, I'll, this is her in the background. I'm not even gonna play the audio. You guys have probably already seen this. This is basically her just saying, uh, "Screw you and your constitution." Uh, I don't have to listen to that. But the sh the sheriff, John Allen of the largest county in New Mexico, called this unconstitutional, which it is. Here's a clip of his response. In reference to concealed carry and open carry, the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office will not enforce this segment of the order. While I understand the urgency, the temporary ban challenges the foundations of our Constitution, but most importantly, it is unconstitutional. My oath was to protect the Constitution, and that is what I will do. You're damn right this is unconstitutional, and thank God they have a sheriff out there who will not enforce this authoritarianism that's going on by this Michelle Grisham, who is just an absolute lunatic that has to be stopped. Now, that she says no constitutional right, in my view, is intended to be absolute. Well, then why does it say in the Second Amendment that it shall not be infringed if it's not absolute? Doesn't that right there say the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? You'd have this woman is very, very dangerous and should be removed from office immediately and locked up. This is out of control to allow somebody to do something like this. Now, Democrats have responded to this. Uh, Ted Lieu, who's about as far left of a lunatic as you can get in public office. Here's his tweet. I'll put it up on the board. I support gun safety laws. However, this order from, gov from the governor of New Mexico violates the U.S. Constitution. No state in the union can suspend the federal constitution. There is no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the constitution. Well, what do you think happened during COVID, Ted, by the way? Now, here's a guy that parrots that same tweet, almost as if they got hit with the same message to say, hey, either I'm going to copy and paste this and put it on my Twitter feed, but here's this David Hogg character who has made his fortune or his name, his popularity on the backs of those who died in a school shooting, becoming this uh, two-way uh, Second Amendment uh, against her, professional against her, you can call him. Here he is. I support gun safety, but there is no such thing as a state public health emergency exception to the U.S. Constitution. Now, while I agree with him, I wonder what his incentive is here, because where were you during COVID when the entire Bill of Rights was thrown out the window, when Americans lost their freedom of speech, their freedom of religion, their freedom of assembly? Where were you? Well, we lost freedom of assembly except the George Floyd uh, rallies and riots and funerals. And then we were allowed to assemble. But most of us lost our freedoms during the COVID lockdowns. Where were these people then? Now, I'm glad they're speaking out, but it makes you question the motive here. What's going on? Because you would think that behind doors, they're thinking, wow, maybe I, we got to do more of this. We need more governors to do this because you know they want to take away your right to have and own and protect yourself with firearms. They've been going after it for decades and that right shall not be infringed. And this governor needs, now you see, Exactly what happens with January 6th. They're trying to send a message. Not that these, what these people did was bad. What they're trying to send the message is they don't want you questioning their elections the next time around. This is how you'll be punished. That's why they sentenced the guy who wasn't even there to 22 years in prison. The message is clear. So here's somebody that needs to be made an example of is this uh, lunatic uh, Governor Grisham needs to be taken immediately out of office, impeached out of office, and then tried. For a, for a crime of trying to overthrow the Constitution. Because you can't allow that to happen, because otherwise you're going to have incentives for more governors to do this. Just like how Joe Biden gives allows $6 billion to go to Iran, what is that going to do? That's going to encourage more prisoners. Why would you not try to get more prisoners to gain more leverage to get more against the United States? If they're going to buckle under and give you money back every time that they, they swap prisoners with you, there's an incentive there. There's an incentive for other governors now. If the harsh penalties aren't implied on this Grisham, they got to be. Now, I'm no constitutional lawyer. I don't know what the laws are you could get her on, but there's got to be something. There's got to be some kind of treasonous offense that this woman is committing here by trying to take people's rights away. You can't do it. It is, it is so wild to watch what's happening in this country and to, and to see people getting away with it. Now, thank God the sheriff is saying we won't enforce this. There's no how, how are you supposed to enforce this law anyway? Meanwhile, it's the criminals who are walking around now going, oh, wait a minute. Uh, oh, no one's allowed to have a gun out in public? This is going to be great. This is going to be great. What do you think? You're going to stop crime by disarming the American citizen? You're going to empower the criminals. That's all you're going to do. But we know that. You know that.
These lunatic governors in this country are getting way out of control. And, and, and God be with us as we roll towards 2024 here, because this stuff's going to get very, very chaotic very quickly. And I, I, I wish that wasn't the case, but that seems to be the way we're headed. So those were the stories that I wanted to hit you with. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Edward Dowd. If you missed it, roll it back the tape a little bit here and take a listen to it. Uh, Thursday on the podcast, Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna will be joining me here. Don't miss out on that. It's going to be a banger. Uh, if you want, follow me here on Rumble. Follow me on uh, Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify. Wherever you're listening to the podcast here, please follow, share the broadcast. And I can't say thank you enough for all of your help so far building up the channel over here. Again, just a, a quick message. If you're following me here, make sure you follow the channel, The Alec Lay Show. I just started the channel up a couple of weeks ago here. I'm going to try to move everybody over to The Alec Lay Show channel here on Rumble, if that's where you're watching. Uh, that's where I'm going to start posting the live broadcasts or going live. I'm going to be putting all the old episodes on that channel as well and try to move you guys over there so it's a little bit more self-explanatory. I know right now you guys are watching this on First Class Fatherhood. So the goal is by October 1st to get everybody moved over to the Alec Lay Show as we continue to grow. And I'm going to do the live broadcast from there. So follow the channel right here down there on the Rumble page. Just hit the page and you'll see my channels, the Alec Lay Show. I know it's a little bit confusing. Got to bring in a little map here, maybe help you draw it out. But I'm trying to get everybody over there. It's a slow go right now. But the I am building here on Rumble and I owe that all to you listeners out there. So if you missed any of the previous episodes, last week I had uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn join me. Also, Virginia uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears was here. So if you missed out on those or any of the other interviews, please go back on the channel and go check them out. And don't miss out on Thursday's interview with Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna, who will be here with me live. All right, that's, so that's all I got for you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, God bless, again, God bless all of you Americans out there that lost loved ones on 9-11, uh, all, all of you out there who lost loved ones in the aftermath of 9-11, or lost loved ones who fought in the wars that followed 9-11. My heart and soul really is with all of you guys. I love this country, and uh, just so saddened by that day. It's still, um, it's still so vivid in my mind. One of the things that I do on this day every year is I replay the broadcast from 1010 Winds, which is the biggest news radio show uh, in the New York metropolitan area here. 1010 Winds is a famous you know, news radio show. I replay their broadcast, which is pretty cool that you can get it on YouTube. Uh, you can get either, you can also listen to Imus in the Mornings pr program uh, from that day. So you can listen as it happened, and it's always kind of um, eerie. Uh, to look back and see them as things were developing to kind of listen to how the day played out. So it, it's something that I kind of do every year now, almost traditionally, uh, is listen to that. All right, so that's all I got here. God bless all you listeners. Thanks for tuning in. God bless America, our troops, and our first responders, and I'll catch you guys on Thursday. <laughs>